beautiful and amazing hockey people out there in the hockey uh, world. This is Jeff with With the Puck, brought to you by Game On, a sports podcast for everyone. First and foremost, I just want to say either good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And just in case if you're listening to us while you're uh, about to pass out, falling asleep, I want to say I hope you have a good night after the show, of course. So I just uh, I, I want to say a few uh, shout outs. Um, as you can tell, it's just me again. Donnie is uh, still uh, extremely busy, but I will be giving his information out here soon. Um, if you want to get with him on uh, Twitch, where he uh, streams a lot of his stuff at. So first and foremost, I want to say a loud shout out to uh, the boys over in England at uh, Forcheck Clothing in uh, Bracknell, UK, to Mike and Paul. Um, they've put out some really great hockey swagger lately. They've got some really great gear coming out, especially for you goalies. Um, a really impressive glove that takes away a little bit of the sting in your uh, catching mitt. So make sure you check them out at www.forcheck.co.uk. You can also find them on Instagram at forcheck underscore clothing and also on Facebook at forcheck clothing. Make sure you give them a follow or check out their website. Really great product, really great hockey swagger. I got one of their hats, really comfortable, nice fitting, um, especially for me with long hair. So make sure you check them out. Next, I want to give a loud shout out to our other uh, uh, sponsor, eFlow uh, Nutrition. Uh, just picked up a couple of things from them uh, recently. Um, one of the items that you might want to check out is a uh, limited time only uh, Sour Bomb Black and Rage. Really great taste. Uh, gives you a kick right when you need it. Um, also, I just picked up uh, one of their Black Camel t-shirts uh, with eFlow in the center. Really comfortable, good tight fit. Um, for those of us who uh, like uh, the tight tighter fit while we're working out, uh, really, uh, really good product. Also, make sure you check out their other products on the uh, website, and you can find that at www.eflownutrition.com. You can also find eFlow on all social media sources. Just go to the search engine, type in eFlow Nutrition, and it will pop up. Next, especially with that eFlow, make sure you write this down, WTP, explanation point, two zero two one that is a promo code and it will get you a really good discount on your orders and then finally um i want to give a loud shout out to another company over in england called hockey art clothing i've been in uh chats with uh that company the last couple weeks they're sending donnie and i a couple really really great graphic uh t-shirts for the uh, spring cup that they're currently doing right now so i want to give a loud shout out to those guys at uh, hockey art clothing as well and you can find those guys on Instagram at Hockey Art Clothing, um, or my apologies, at Hockey Art Co. You can also find them at www.hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Um, I've been scrolling through some of their stuff lately. They got some really great uh, T-shirts as well. So make sure you check them out. Now. As I said, it's just me again, um, and Donnie has uh, been extremely busy with his uh, his new stuff going on right now. He's also been on Twitch streaming live. And if you are interested in finding uh, Donnie on Twitch, make sure you find him at 
twitch.tv backslash gaming with game on. Um, also make sure you check out game on podcast. Um, they got some really great content on there. Um, Donnie's a really big footy fan or as us Americans would call it soccer. Um, so on to what's been going on in the league. As always, um, I'm going to start off with the top five. You have Toronto, Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. It's kind of shocking, honestly, to see three out of the five teams, Canadian teams. Um, but again, they're the ones that have yet to be 100% affected with the CV-19. So they've been pushing along with their games without any kind of postponements. So we'll get right into that. Toronto's uh, played 22 games at 16 wins, four losses, two overtime losses, and a total of 34 points. Tampa Bay has played 19 games, 14 wins, four losses, one overtime loss, and they're at 29 points. You have Florida, which has played 20 games, 13 wins, four losses, three overtime losses, and 29 points as well. You have Edmonton with 23 games, 14 wins, nine losses, zero overtime losses at 28 points. And then rounding it off in fifth place, you have Winnipeg, where they have played 20 games, 13 wins, six losses, one overtime loss to uh, round them off at 27 points. Now, going into the bottom five, um, as you can tell in the top five, there was a couple moves. Um, a few teams have fallen off. A few teams have came up. One of those teams happened to be the Canadians, as we will get into that later on in the show, as we all know what happened this week in Montreal. Um, yeah, so the bottom five. You have New Jersey at 27, uh, Dallas at 28, San Jose at 29, Buffalo at 30, and of course, our all favorite push for the cup team, Ottawa Senators. They scored goals this week, folks. They scored a lot of them. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. Or so Ottawa fans always seem to think. So, New Jersey, you're looking at 16 games played. Seven wins, seven losses, two overtime losses, and 16 points. You have Dallas at 16 games. Granted, Dallas has played a certain amount of games, whereas they were also postponed and CV-19 postponement, weather delays. So they have a lot to catch up on. Will they be able to do it? We don't know. So best of luck to them. And again, they took all con – all concerns during the uh, weather outage too. So they're at 16 games, six wins, six losses, four overtime losses. Um, then you have uh, San Jose at 18 games, seven wins, nine losses, two overtime losses. Buffalo at 18 games, six wins, nine losses, three overtime losses. And Ottawa at 23 games, seven wins, 15 losses, and one overtime loss. Hey, at least they got a point in that overtime loss. Just saying. And I'm just going to run down the uh, points real quick with them. And then and you have New Jersey at 16 points, Dallas at 16 points, San Jose at 16 points, Buffalo at 15 points, and Ottawa 
at 15 points. So those are your top five and bottom five. As for your uh, top four teams in each division, um, you got your uh, Discover uh, Central, and you got Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina, and Chicago. Um, just going to breeze through that real quick as well. At um, 19 games, you got Tampa at 14, 4, and 1. You have Florida, 20 games played, 13, 4, and 3. You have Carolina at 22 games, 13, 6, and 1. You have Chicago at 22 games, 11 wins, 7, and 4. As for the points, you got 29, 29, 27, 26. As you can tell, those four teams are really neck and neck when it comes to points. Just the only thing that separates them is the win loss and uh, overtime losses. So just keep an eye on that. Chicago is looking like they're on the up and up. Carolina's had a few rough games lately against Tampa. Um, although they did uh, get the shutout last week from Ned. Um, his first career shutout. And then Tampa just all of a sudden came out of nowhere. Um, they've been on a on a roll. So not much separates them. As far as the Mass Mutual uh, Eastern Conference, you have possibly, depending on who wins be the next couple of – or within the next 24 hours, um, right now you have the Caps, Bruins, Islanders, Flyers. Um you have the Caps at 20 games. You have the Bruins at 18, Islanders at 20, Flyers at 17. Caps are staying in strong with 11 at 11, 5, and 4. Bruins 11, 5, and 2. New York Islanders 10, 6, and 4. And the Flyers at 10, 4, and 3. So that wraps it up for the uh, Mass Mutual uh, division. As far as the Honda West, you have Vegas. Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Colorado. Um, Vegas at 17 games played, Wild at 18 games played, Blues at 21 games played, and the Avs at 18. Vegas at 12, 4, and 1, Wild at 12, 6, and 0, Blues at 11, 8, and 2, and the uh, Avs at 11, 6, and 1. As far as points, I'll just go straight down the column. You got 25, 24, 24 and 23 again uh, another close conference uh let's see where everything starts spreading out and then as far as the scotia north we have the leafs oilers jets habs um the habs have uh, dropped a couple of spaces as we all know especially what happened this week and again we'll get into that here in a little bit so you got the leafs at 22 games oilers at 23 jets at 20 Habs at 20 as well. Leafs at 16 wins, four losses, four and two. Oilers 14, nine and zero. Oh. Jets 13, six and one. And then the Habs at nine, six and five. Just run down real quick what the points are. You got 34, 28, 27, and 23. Um, again, uh, we'll get into the uh, Habs here real shortly. Excuse me. Don't mind me having a nice uh, cup of tea. Next, we're going to jump right into the uh, top goal scorers as well as the uh, top goalies in the league. As for our goal scorers, um, you have, as far as point, you have McDavid leading the way at 40. You have Leon Dreisaitl right behind him at 34. 
and then Mitchell Marner at 32. As far as goals, you have Austin Matthews, who is right now currently day-to-day, so that he might lose that lead, all depending on how long he's going to be out. But he's looking at 18 goals. Next in line, you got Connor with uh, 14, and then uh, right after Connor, you got Brock Bossier, four at 12. As far as assists, you have Connor McDavid at 26, Leon Dreisaitl at 24, and Mitchell Marner at 22. Here's the big question, folks. Um, is Connor going to do it? Is he going to pull something that hasn't been done in a long time and go 50 for 50? Um 50 goals or 50 points in 50 games. It's been a long time to actually see someone do that. Um, let me check real quick as I pull up the good old Google. And I know it's been a minute because it's it's not one of those easy records, especially nowadays with the goaltending and the skill of players out there. Um, it's, it's really tough. Um, so it looks as if the last person to do it was Cam Neely back in 93-94, um, where he'd had 50 and 50. Um, let's see. He only played 49 games. Goals right now, you're looking at – I. That would be interesting. We Austin Matthews has already played 20 games, whereas Connor McDavid has played 23. Um, they're both kind of close, but right now, when it comes to points, it's looking as though Connor could possibly hit 50 points in 50 games as far as goals. Depending on how long Matthews is out, is pretty much what we're looking at right now um last time i checked he was day-to-day um but again that can change overnight so let us know what you think um i'm going to try to create something to see what everybody thinks um out there but that's definitely a hot take right now i know it's been on a couple of different uh shows that i've listened to as well as being a hot take the next one we're going to jump into is goalies who's on top um right now the goalie that has been playing the most is matt murray um he's played 18 bennington oh (laughs) i guess bennington uh kind of popped off uh, against san jose that's kind of hilarious um three strikes and you're out maybe uh and then you got john gibson and uh uh vidic vanacek as far as the top four that's played more than uh, or started the most right now. So I'm going to jump straight into save percentage. Right now, the best save percentage, minus the two that are sitting up at the top because they've only played one game. You've had, you have Peter Morazic, which he doesn't really count as we're, as I've said in the last few episodes, he's been injured. So I'm not going to use his uh, percentages. Um, I'm going to skip right down to, um, Marc-Andre Fleury. He's looking pretty good at 12 games, um, at a point nine four one. Um, then you got Andre Vasilevsky right below him at a nine point 
or a point nine three eight, and he's played sixteen. And then I'd say the next one that's played sixteen games is is a or Semyon Varlamov, and he's looking at a point nine two four. Um, it's I mean the goalie race is actually heating up in my opinion um yeah there's been a lot of goals scored but it also puts the goalies on edge to keep some a hot keep some a fiery and coming from a goalie that's definitely one of the i'd rather have less goals go in but the more shots i see the better off i am and i guarantee you all goalies will say the same thing but if we're gonna do the uh, top three minus the few up at the top you're looking at Jack Campbell in, in the number four spot at point nine five one save percentage. Below him is going to be Mark Andre Fleury with a nine or with a point nine four one, and then Andre Vasilevsky at point nine three eight. So those are the right now the current goalies with some of the best save percentage. As far as uh, as goals against, you're looking at Jack Campbell again at a one point three three. Mark Andre Fleury at a 1.59, and then Andre Vasilevsky at a 1.75. Um, most shots, or let's see, uh, shutouts. Okay, there we go. Shots against. So right now you're looking at uh, Vitek uh, Vanacek at 517, uh, Connor Halbuck at 500, and Matt Murray at 499. Um, and again, being a goalie when I was younger, one of the toughest things for me was accepting that I was the last line of defense. The puck has to make it through five other players before it gets to me. Um, it seems as though some of their teammates need to step up, help out, um, especially with Vanacek. Um, he's on a great team. They've been winning games. Same thing with Connor Hellenbuck. But as far as Ottawa, they're – there's no excuse. You guys have a great team. But, again, we will get into that here in a, in a few minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next uh, next portion. And I'm going to check up on uh, what teams have uh, are still suffering from loss of players due to uh, protocol. And one of the teams – or the list currently is you have Arizona, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Ottawa. And Ottawa is only because Ryan Dezingo still doing the protocol two weeks uh, since he just got traded. So he should be in a uniform real soon. So keep an eye on that. Um, I know he's going to be a major factor on that team, especially with the roster that they have. So I'd love to see him make a huge impact. You also have the Philadelphia. Philadelphia had part of a team last week um, due to uh, protocols. You also have players on San Jose and St. Louis uh, Blues. So hopefully those guys can get back sooner than later. Um, at least the list is going down a little bit more than what it was when the season first started. So um, healthy and speedy recovery to those guys. Um, and also remember folks, just because someone's being put on the protocol list does not mean they have 
CV-19. Just means they may have been exposed to something. Um, they're taking precautions as a team and the doctors, and they're just telling them to take it easy for a little bit. And that's, some of them may have it, some of them may not. Some of them may have just been around people that have, and the teams are just taking extra precaution. So just, just keep that as a reminder that not all team players that are put on that list have the uh, virus. They may have a virus, but not the virus. Now, um, the Canadians, what in the hell happened? The, I mean, last year in the bubble, they came in. They were not expected to get out of the first round. They ended up beating the Pittsburgh Penguins on Sidney Crosby's birthday um claude julian went to the hospital everybody was concerned about his health and now they can him like a sack of used potatoes and you didn't even use all the potatoes you just threw the all, all you needed was one or two potatoes and you threw the rest out that's what the canadians did to julian um although it seemed as though a leadership and management didn't feel he where the Canadians were going, they didn't feel like they were going down the uh, right path. So I can completely understand that change of guard. Um, they also ended up in the process uh, firing uh, Muller. Um, they brought in assistant coach uh, Dominique uh, Ducharme, or Ducharme. Um, not sure uh, on too much about him, but it must have been their record. Um, must have been the simple fact that they lost to Ottawa three times in the same month. Um, it, it probably could have been a number of things, but for the month of uh, February, they went four and eight. And again, three of those losses, they lost to Ottawa. Um, one game, I mean, I there was one goal by Kachuk that I saw that just he made Carey Price look like he never knew how to put the pads on. Just literally just slips it through his legs. And it was it was a nonchalant goal. It was just one of those things where Carey Price should have had it. It was a basic routine goal or basic routine save. And he biffed it. And just the, the Canadians kind of look like a, uh, a train wreck right now. Um, so... Who knows? It's going to be a new month soon. Um, they even dropped in the standings from second in the north to fourth in the north. I mean, <sighs> who knows? Um, it's it's one of the. It's also though I got to give give credit where credit is due. Montreal is one of the hardest cities next to Toronto to play in, and next to New York City. Um, and the other original six teams. But Montreal is almost like a hockey mecca for Canada um, next to Toronto, where the Hockey Hall of Fame is. Um, it's really French-run, French-based in Montreal. Um, for those of you that are just getting into hockey, if you ever listen to a Canadian's game, They'd sing the national anthem in both French and American or French and English. My apologies. Um, and so that is one of the hardest cities to play in 
um, and one of the hardest provinces to play in. Um, if correct, I believe that's one of the reasons why Max Pacioretty wanted to leave. Um, way too much pressure, especially when he didn't know a lick of uh, French. Um, and I believe he admitted it at one point in time. So, and on that note, because of them dropping the games to Ottawa, Ottawa went on a three-game win streak. Um, as I saw earlier today, or earlier tonight, um, all depending on when you guys, when you all are listening to this. But the Flames end up uh, uh, burning up and uh, taking away the uh, Sens' fourth win in a row. But what does this mean? It means that Ottawa's no pushover. Yeah, they don't have the greatest record. Yes, they don't have the uh, points on the board that they need. But you know what? They got heart. And give or take a year or two, that team is going to be probably just as dangerous, if not better, than maybe Toronto. And yes, I said it. Ottawa's going to be better than Toronto, give give or take a year or two. Um, just because of all that talent that they have. And they also have chances to get new talent in with the roster that they have now for trades. Um, next big news, uh, Jeff Skinner finally sees ice time. Um, he played yesterday or wow. I I'm extremely tired. Um, played earlier today, uh, in a game against Philly, although he wasn't too much of a help, the Flyers won three, nothing, um, Jeff Skinner openly admitted that he didn't understand why he was benched. Um, He feels that you don't learn anything from that aspect or point of view. But he he understands team concept. Um, He doesn't want to be traded. He wants to stay in Buffalo. Um, He's already expressed that to the management. He's in a second year of an eight-year $72 million deal. Um, He loves the city. Loves the fans, loves playing in Buffalo. He doesn't want to leave, but that's might not be at 100% his choice. It's still up in the air. Just leave. now, all he can really do is leave it up to management. Um, next uh, hot topic Panarin. Um, we've all seen what's been going on this week with Panarin. Um, faults supposedly false claims against him by a female in Lafia. Um, as when it first came out, they didn't really have any full detail except for it was leaked out by one of his old uh, coaches over in the KHL area. From there, a um, little bit of research has been done. Um, the cops from what I've read and what I've uh, heard on uh Another show is that the cops just don't have any solid evidence on this even happening in Lafia. So the Rangers have given Panarin uh, time off um, of uh, playing, and they completely understand. His teammates completely understand. Um, right now, he needs to take care of him, his family, um, 
and make sure all this is pretty much cleared up and for the best. Um, and as a Rangers fan as well, best of luck, uh, Fred, man. Um, take care of you. Take care of your family. Make things. Make sure things are good to go before you get back on the ice because you've seen it with other players. Prime example, not too long ago, Tuka Rask had a lot of things on his mind. He didn't want to be where he was at the time. He wanted to be with the family. He wanted to be able to be around what was going on with his family, and his head just wasn't in the game. So I, I as well as many other people that I've seen on or seen in articles and listened to and watching the games – they are also behind you, Panarin. We're behind you here at What the Puck. And we can't wait to see you back on the ice. But again, take care of what you need to take care of. Um, another uh another thing that happened this week. So last year on February 22nd, I remember this day all too well, especially being a caniac. Um I was with my with a former uh, podcast that I was on. We're doing our first live show in uh, Clayton at uh, the Instilled Distillery uh, with one of the uh, NWHL um, players. We're all just chilling around, watching the game, shooting the shit, drinking our uh, great mixed drinks out there at the uh, distillery. Um, and all of a sudden, Mrazic gets injured or not Mrazic. James Reimer starts the game and he gets injured. You're like, Oh shit. Well, here comes Mrazic. Mrazic being Mrazic. You're like, all right. And then he comes out chasing the puck and gets drilled. Was it on purpose? Eh, possibly. Maybe not. We are, we still don't know. I don't think anybody will really come out and say, yes, I drilled Mrazic on purpose. Although there are some out there. And he gets knocked out of the game. Then you're thinking, oh, shit. That's all. That, that's two of our goalies. What the hell? Well, for you or for those of you that are new to the actual sport, it's called an e-bug. An e-bug is one of those people that are at the games that are on hold just in case if anything like this happens. Now, all of a sudden... This guy comes out. Nobody really, we didn't know who he was. And we're thinking, well, there goes the lead that the Canes earned. They're already up three to one. Well, it's going to be a good night. Let's just kind of like drink more and see where it goes. Well, this guy by the name of Dave or David Ayers pulls magic out of his hat. And not only was it a rabbit, but it was a win. And it was a beautiful win. And this win was not even supposed to happen. When you bring in an e-bug, it's, it's basically like bringing in a shooter tutor. Um, for those of you that don't know what a shooter tutor is, it's basically one of those flaps that you throw, throw down on the goal and just kind of like pick holes. And that's pretty much all it is. Um, first couple of shots, Toronto 
scores, ties it up, and it's three three, and you're like, well, again, give me another drink. I I, I don't know how much more I can handle of this. And then they go into the uh, third period. Um, David calmed down. He was talked to by a bunch of players on the team, basically them telling him, hey, have fun, just go out, relax, and be you on the ice. Well, you know what? David Ayers and the legend of David Ayers came out. Um, Didn't let a single shot in in the third period. Went 10 10 shots, 8 saves, and a .800 save percentage. And the win Yes, folks, an emergency goalie that has never played NHL in a, ever at 42 years old coming in as an emergency goalie gets a win. And not only does he get a win, but he gets recognized by everybody that night. Not only that, but he did it in Toronto, Toronto of all other places. So that right there is pretty much epic um amongst all sorts um he actually came down here to carolina as well as a bunch of other places and during all this time that we didn't know until recently when it came out on the news is they're trying to make a movie out of this whole thing um after reading a article where it was saying that they had a lot of different um options a lot of different choices they had to break it down um him and his wife and his uh agent and they broke it down up until they got a good uh, good deal with Disney. Um, so keep your eye out on that. Um, they were going to get it going, but then CV-19 hit, slowed things down for them. So hopefully soon we'll start seeing uh, this and that for, uh, for previews. I'm looking forward to it, um, especially since it's – it's part of the history down here in Carolina. Now uh, we have David Ayers day on February 22nd. And also another great thing that's happened on February 27th or 22nd. My apologies. One of the greatest American sports magic and miracles happened on February 22nd, but it happened many moons ago. A year before I was born, um, in Lake Placid, New York, a small mountain village um, that I only lived. uh, When I go back home, I'm able to get there within about an hour, hour and 20 minutes, all depending on which way I go. But that year, a ragtag bunch of college kids got brought together by this guy named Herb Brooks. He, it didn't take him long to pick the team. He knew what he wanted. He got what he wanted. And he turned that team into a team that no one would have thought about until they made it to the Olympics. Um, they were the comeback kids. They are the comeback boys. A good book uh, that was told to me by... Uh, my good buddy, Leo Elias, he told me to go out and read The Boys of Winter. I advise any hockey fan, 
if you get the chance to go out and read the boys of winter it dives so into everything that's going on um what i wouldn't mind doing though is i wouldn't mind reading the soviets uh book if there's one out there i i really wouldn't because that would give me the other side on what they went through um i've only seen a few videos or a few hockey videos here and there about there's their view on it but reading the book would probably be so much better um but february 22nd 1980 41 years ago these kids that are made up of all different colleges came together and did the impossible and beat the heavily heavily favored and the team that everybody was like all right just give them the gold medal now the USSR slash Soviet Union. Um, and if you've seen the movie Miracle, yes, they pretty much got everything accurate on that. They were the comeback kids. They were down goals. Um, Trechiak didn't pay attention and kind of like stopped playing. And that's where the USA team tied it up. Um, it's, it's one of those stories that's always going to be around. The other cool part is, is my mom actually worked in Lake Placid at that time. Um, Lake Placid has always been like a second home to me in New York. So I've been to her Brooks uh, arena. Um, I've been to the rink. I've, I've played on both that rink and the 19. Um, I forgot what year it was. Um, I think it was 1932 two or 36 i'm not sure i'd have to look that up folks but i've played on that rink as well um i've jumped into lake placid i've attempted to reach the bottom at the beach in the water i've i've had the opportunity to roller blade all the way around that lake unless if you're in great shape i don't advise it um i've had some good times in lake placid but that night, my mom worked at, I believe, at the time it was called the Hilton or Howard Johnson's, one of the two. But it was right on the corner um, of their main street. And she said you could hear the rumble and the roaring from the crowd when we won. And it's one of those things that's never going to leave her. So... For David Ayers to share that moment in time with one of the greatest USA Olympic uh, memories. And for us Kaniacs to be able to sit there and watch it live on TV happening, it it's going to go down in infamy. Um, it's one of those things that we're never going to forget. And my apologies, folks. I, I kind of get in touch when it comes to the 1981 Olympics just because of where it was, because of my mom uh, being there and working it and being able to do what she did during that time to be able to um, be around that atmosphere, which I would have loved to be around. And uh, so, but anyway, um, USA ended up uh, winning 4-3 to three 
on February 22nd, 1980 to win the gold medal a couple days later against us, uh, Finland on the 24th of, uh, February, 1980. So great, great history right there. Um, the way that those two kind of lined up, um, it's sometimes you got to say, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in fate? Well, those two things lined up on the same night. So cheers to them. Um, next one, uh, and this is huge news. Um, just because back in, I think, November, December time frame, he announced that after signing with the Capitals that he had to take a leave of absence due to a heart condition. Um, he had open heart surgery. Um, and then a couple days or about a week ago or a week and a half ago, you see him posting a video of him running. And then last week or a few days ago, he posts a video of him in full equipment. Yes, I'm talking about Henrik the King Lundqvist. He, him and I are the same age. He is 39 years old and he could probably outdo any 25 to 30 year old that right there should give anybody inspiration to get up and do something, seeing him do what he's doing, especially in those videos. It's no, he's not back in games. No, he's not back out there training with the team, but he's training. He's taking shots in full gear. So I'd say if you're going to look up to anybody as a goalie, as a mentor, I'd say he would be one of the best people to look up to. Not saying there isn't anybody else out there, but he is inspiration for a lot of us. Um, I've been that to a few people um, due to a military accident where I didn't let it stop me from being me. I got back up. Um, I got myself back into the gym. I got myself back on the ice and ended up getting two shutouts in one night after being in a cast for six almost six months and a month of therapy. So him going into this after open heart surgery, dude, that, I give you mad props, uh, King. I give you absolute mad flipping props. Keep up the great work. We all want you back on the ice. We all want to see you play in the NHL game, but no rush. Take your time and we will see you when we see you. Um, Last but not least, before I jump into a little more history with uh, NHL jersey logos. Last week, we all attempted to watch Vegas Golden Knights versus uh, Colorado Avs at the outdoor rink. Uh, a little bit of uh, this and that held them from not being able to finish up until later on at night. Midnight to some of us, 5 a.m. over in the UK. Um, so the next day. You had uh, San Jose, or San Jose, well, um, you had Philadelphia Flyers versus Boston Bruins. So that game right there, as we all saw, Bruins uh, definitely uh, took the piss out of uh, Boston, I mean, out of Philly, scored a touchdown on them. Um, Pasternak uh, had a hat trick. Just, it, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, but, Here's even the bigger news. Um, audience delivery for NBC was 1.068 million um, people, uh, surpassing the opening night this year with Boston 
um, or with the uh, Philly uh, Pittsburgh game that uh, got sent out to nine nine hundred seventy eight thousand people. Um, I believe that's nine hundred seventy eight thousand. Um, and yeah, um. That's absolutely amazing um, to think that that many viewers on Sunday's game were watching that. So here's a quick question, another hot take. With Montreal's coach being fired, Seattle also having that open job, what coach would you pick? Right now, you have Babcock, uh, Bardot, Gallant, Blizma. And yell. And those are just some of them that are out there. And as shocking as this is, Montreal is the first team this year for the NHL, well, for this season anyway, firing their coach. And we're only a month and a half in. So who who would you pick? We want to hear from you. Who would you pick on that? Um now. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing uh, logos um, because some people don't understand the concept on how logos were made, where logos came from, or or the t- the history behind them. Um, I've already done the original six. Uh, last week, I did the uh, 1967 draft. Today, I'm going to do the 70. 70- uh, draft. There's only two teams, and that would include Buffalo and Vancouver. Um, next week, I'll either I'll probably do the 72 uh, expansion only, or I might add in, all depending. But right now, um, I'm going to jump right into uh, Buffalo. Um, the Sabers owners uh, Knox opens a does an open contest at the time. You had different names like. Uh, mugwumps, uh, buzzing bees, um, all the way up to flying zeppelins. But the name Saber uh, won. And the concept behind that is you got two swords um, that are both offensive and defensive. Um, but he also wanted to include the buffalo on the on the uh, jersey. But he wanted to step away from the name Bison. Um, as there was another affiliate at the time named the Bison. So he still kept the Buffalo in it. Um, he still kept the Buffalo on the uh, jersey, and that's one of the reasons why you see the Buffalo there. Um, also, the uh, swords, again, um, are effective on both um, pe- on penetrating, just like defense and offense um, at both ends, um, as you can use it. And uh, also, they wanted to include the Niagara Frontier again, hence why the Buffalo is on the jersey. Um, the This is just stuff that I found. Um, it might not all be correct, but this is some of the sources that I, or some of the stuff that I found on the sources that I use. If you have any more information on any of these, please let, let us know. Um, we can only find so much. Sometimes there's probably stuff we can't even search into because um, of certain things. Um, our next team is uh, Vancouver. Um, Vancouver is kind of interesting, not going to lie. Um, they've had so many different 
jerseys over the over the years um so different or so many different variations um their original logo which um you see a lot over the last couple of years especially when the sedines played was the blue jersey with what looked like a giant oval or sideways oval on their jersey with a hockey stick in the middle well the concept behind the colors on that were inspired by the beauty of the Pacific Northwest and British uh, Columbia as the Royal blue and Kelly green. Um, if you take a close look at the stick uh, logo um, and the oval shape, it's a hockey rink. Um, again, with the colors on the outside, the rink is basically on the inside with the white. So that's where you get the white from. But then if you look very closely at the rink, when it comes around and forms into a stick, it doesn't close all the way where you get the Canucks or uh, Johnny Canuck in one way, shape, or form. Um, but that's the concept behind that. Then a lot of uh, people were questioning about the one sweater, the what? Well, we would say the hippie sweater, the poncho style sweater with the giant V. The giant V stands for victory, um, which is part of their heritage as well, too, um, up there in Vancouver, part of the uh, uh, past. Um, so if you take a look very closely up until I believe the 92 or maybe 97 jerseys, they had the V, but it was in the sleeve. And you have to look at it very closely because it is on there. It forms a V um, for a little while when they brought in the uh, figure skating logo. They actually had the V in the uh, up on the shoulders, uh, forming the V to come down into the chest a little bit. So if you take a look at that, that's it actually forms a V. Um, they again, they got rid of the V roughly in the mid 90s, 92, I think it, it was. Uh, where they first stopped using the V. Um, and uh, then they've went through many different changes. Um, at one point in time, right after they did originally have the uh, 71 season uh, or the 70-71 inaugura inaugural season, a bunch of uh, teams that didn't have their name on their jersey, the NHL, wanted to have wanted to make sure their teams had the name across their jersey um at least the uh city name so that's why they had vancouver across that and then later on added the canucks um now the most interesting one which i still like is the one with the orca on it um there's been many debates that why the orca we're, we're no longer or they're no longer part of that part of the um uh sound or anything that was around it or the bay that they always had uh associated with the uh vancouver canucks but then you look a little bit more into it and the orca on the crest was inspired by i i don't i'm not sure if i'm going to butcher this but hey hi ida hey ida or Haida art um, also being located where they are with the indigenous culture um, and the First Nations culture and people, um, 
the spiritual uh it, it the arc also represents the spiritual um of the west coast um and it's an apex predator um and dignified creature so what that means is an apex cre- uh, predator is they're at the top of the list they're the ones that are feared in their area there's nobody above them but everybody's below them and that's basically an orca or a killer will as we'd also say so that's where that logo comes from they're staying in touch with their with the culture as well as nature as well as what uh, what the team traditionally was so I hope you guys all enjoyed a little bit of the history lesson. Um, I'm going to try to start bringing in um, and uh, a few other things too, uh, especially for those that are just listening for the first time or getting into into hockey for the first time ever. I feel that some people don't always understand the rules of hockey. So I'm going to try to do, do a video here and there uh, throughout the week. Uh, one of the guys at the uh, gym that I work at Nelson, he wanted to make sure to ask me to kind of, uh, give the word out there to kind of help other people that are trying to understand the game. So make sure you check that out. I might be doing, again, I might be doing that during the week may, uh, start uploading a few, uh, a few of those as well for a uh, little bits, maybe a good 10, 15 minutes of those. So before I end this uh, show today, I just want to give a loud shout out to a few of our uh, sponsors. First and foremost, I want to give a loud shout out to uh, Mike and Paul over in the UK in uh, Bracknell at 4Check Clothing. Um, you can find them at www.4check.co.uk. Um, they got some really great stuff coming out, uh, so keep an eye on that. Also. Um, want to give a loud shout out to my boy Eric at uh, eFlow Nutrition. Um, you can find them at www.eflownutrition.com. Also, make sure you use our promo code WTP explanation point tw- or two zero two zero. Also, um, a couple good friends that we've recently made also over in uh, the UK at Hockey Art Company. You can. Uh, Find them on Instagram at Hockey Art Co. And as for us at What the Puck, you can find us on Twitter at or What the Puck Pod One. You can also find us on Instagram at What the Puck underscore Podcast, and also on Facebook at What the Puck by Game On, a sports podcast for everyone, or at WTP Game On Sports Podcast. So. Until next time, I hope you have a great day, a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and if you're listening to us before you go to bed, I hope you have a good night too. Till next time, this is Jeff from What the Puck, brought to you by Game On, sports podcast for everyone. Uh-huh.